on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Job Dean Cox again, this time he's in. At the second time of asking, Dean Cox takes Leighton Orient a step closer to Wembley. Carroll. Jonathan Tahue. Capable of anything. Tahue! Equaliser for Leighton Orient! We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the best Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orion from each end Lay an Orion from Good evening each end. everybody, this is the Orient Hour, coming to you live from Phoenix 98 FM in Brentwood. Um, on the buttons tonight, back on the buttons, after last week's hiatus, when I made an absolute mess of it, is Mr. Richard Priest. Good evening, Richard. Hello, Grant. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very relieved not to be on the buttons this week. And also in the studio with us tonight, we have Mr. Christian Weeder. Mr. Christian, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Evening. Evening Did you all. enjoy the game on Saturday? <laughs> I enjoyed it because my kids were mascots, but that was about as far as it went, I think. Okay, well, the first <laughs> half was all right. And also in the studio, the smiling assassin himself, Mr. Darren Burrows. Well, you're right about the assassin bit, at, uh, at least, Grant. Um, no, I didn't enjoy Saturday, Grant. I was with guests from Burton, friends of mine, and uh, no, they were great, but yeah, it was a, a tough one to take, wasn't it, Saturday? But there you go. It was somewhat frustrating on Saturday. I think that um, the, the injuries to, the, to our key players... And uh, the, the number of games that we've had finally caught up, caught up with us a little bit, I think, in the second half. Also, the fact that I think there'll have been a lot of adrenaline flowing after Tuesday's uh, game when we beat Northampton. Um, and I think that in the end, that sort of came out um, in the second half on Saturday. We did have missing Dan Happy, Jordan Brown, Jordan Graham, Dan Adji and Theo Archibald. And that is quite a miss. Um, yes, every club does have injuries at the moment, but they are five quite key players. And I think that, uh, that had a major influence on, on what happened in the second half. Um, just a quick review of the game. Um, well, you probably all heard this. But we had 80% possession in the first half. Burton, a rather negative, boring side, I might I say, just came to defend and, and grind away. Um, and see if they could nick something was really the way they were going to play it. There aren't that many teams in League One like that, thankfully. Um, I think overall, I think we deserved the 1-0 lead in the, in the first half after a penalty which was pretty much nailed on. Um, and the fact that we were trying to score rather than park the bus. Uh, but in the second half, unfortunately, uh, a mistake by uh, Omar Beckles um, in his distribution. I think he was trying to play in um, Darren Prattley. Uh, and the ball was never on and, the, and it broke. And then um, they scored at the near post. Um, and it looked like possibly that Solbrin may have done a bit better there as well um, without being overly critical. And then um, 
Ethan Galbraith gave away what was really a pretty needless free kick over on the wing. And again, we failed to deal with a set piece. Um, Solbrin seemed to be just misjudged the flight of the ball, uh, I think. And um, someone nipped in at the back post, again, with some poor marking there as well. And lo and behold, we're 2-1 down. Uh, with, with, with 20 minutes to go, uh, we only created one chance. Um, and that fell to Rul Saturiu, who unfortunately um, didn't open his body up enough as the ball was cut back to him and he put it wide. Um, so it was rather disappointing. Um, Rich, what did you think about the the uh, outcome on, on Saturday overall and the game itself? Yeah, I mean, same as everyone else, really. I, you know, it was disappointing. I'm, especially with the dominance in the first half, I think that was the issue. And, I, you know, I only bought... I was only able to watch the goals today. I hadn't actually watched them back yet. I don't generally always watch them back when we lose. But you know, I thought, oh, well, let's have a look and see where it went wrong. Because I remember at the time, the two goals we conceded were both the sort of goals where I thought, I need to see that back just to see who to, who to blame, really. But um, I mean, the first one, obviously, I knew Beckles had made a monumental error doing that. Um, but looking back at it, I, I thought Solbrin really could have done better at his front post there. He seemed to, seemed to kind of go, go through his body almost at the time, which I, I never got from the first time I seen it. Um, and the second one, I have to be honest, everyone around me said someone had barged into Solbrin for it. But again, watching a replay, I, no, there was nobody near him. He, he just misjudged the flight of the ball and it looked like Rob Hunt could have done better as well. Um, so it was, just, it was just basic errors, really. And it's a shame because Brin's been playing so well. And I think I, I mentioned earlier that he's, you know, he's coming for crosses, has improved so much in the last couple of months. You know, it, was, it was the one thing I think he, he wasn't doing as well as um, Vigarou along with his distribution maybe but you know shot stopping's first class but he's really worked on his crosses I think and he started to look good there but you know so that second goal was a real shame for him I think as well but um, you know we were always going to lose something like this I think at some point it's just a shame that you know, to be honest, did we deserve it? I wouldn't 100% say we. I know the possession in the first half, but that second half was, was a pretty poor half, really. So maybe a draw would have been fair. I mean, they had a game plan. They, you know, that's what away teams do. They're fighting for their life down there. So they'll do everything they can to get the points. So I don't blame them for that, especially. But, um, yeah, it's just disappointment, really. The Yeah, I think it was typical late Orient, really, with the fact that I think we'd won our last four at home. And everyone was looking at that, um, saying that was a home banker. And lo and behold, Leighton Orient go and let you down. That's really what, that's really what happened um, on Saturday, which is typical of the O's. So um, let's hear what our manager had to say about the, um, the game on Saturday. Um, some interesting views coming over from Richie Wellens. Richie, thanks for joining us. It was a disappointing result. And the performance? Well, I think the performance first half was excellent. We could have been two or three up. Um, at times we didn't move the ball quicker but you're playing against a team that just come here to defend and, and sit and sit back um, second half too many backwards passes starts with a kick-off um, we're winning 1-0 at home kick-off back, back, back back to Sol on his goal line he slips he needs to do a Cruyff to, to get out of it and then back, back, back passes back too slow, too slow and in the second half it just became long ball give a foul away ball in our box long ball give a foul away ball in our box and we're obviously very very young and and not great on set plays at the moment even though I thought we dealt with the first ones apart from the the, the second goal the first contact's well we then cleared it and we don't squeeze and they're hooking it back on I think they've had two or three shots on target and scored two Um, so that is in the last two home games now the opposition have had five goals scored against us and we probably can face six shots and dominant and eight. What, what was possession today? 
Seventy-five percent possession. Since we've since the other two centre backs have left the team, not good enough from Brandon Cooper and Omar Beckles. Not good enough. It was eighty-three percent in the first half in terms of possession, but not too many clear-cut chances. Not too because again we're passing on the back, and until we get Galbraith or or Hunty on the ball, and we can do something in the wide areas, we wasn't clever enough. Every time the centre back got it, he passed it safe to to the full back. Every time the, the centre back got it, we passed it to the guy next to him. And you can't play like you've got to step in at angles. Um, but yeah, disappointing. But do you know what? We've played. Port Vale absolutely battered them, 1-1-0, hanging on with five minutes to go. We play Carlisle at home, absolutely battered them, should score six or seven. We're hanging on for 30 seconds because it's 3-2 at home. We're 1-0 away at Barnsley with six minutes to go and we get beat 2-1. On Tuesday night, we're dominant again and we concede three goals. Today... 75% possession I don't know how many passes I don't know how many Fair play to them Because he stayed in the game Stayed patient And he got a smashing grab um, But you can't have Two or three shots on your goal And two of them I think the first one's maybe Gone at Sol's near post But I think he's got a nick um, But yeah Really disappointed Because I thought it was one A time where I had a feeling that Stevenage On Oxford would potentially Drop points today And we're just We haven't got a squad to we haven't got a squad to quite push. We've, we've still got an opportunity. It's a small squeak, but we needed to win today. Um, but we just haven't got a squad. Um, and when you haven't got a squad, players know that they've got to start because nobody else will take the jersey. And that 10%, 15% drop-off is huge for us. I have to say, I thought our midfield players today, I thought our strikers were good. I thought it was a good performance again from Kayon. You know, you're asking young players to go short space of time. Um, I thought it was a lot of good performances, but... Second half, too many cheap free kicks, too many backwards passes, and ultimately too many set plays where they're very good at. Is Wilson Tuio fully fit? Is that why he was on the bench? Well, he's, he, seven days ago, he's, he has to come off because he's frightened of ripping his hamstring. It's the first chance this week where we've got a full week now to rest and recuperate. So Sully will have a few days off. Um, I understand your question because he scored two on Tuesday. He wants to start and Sully wants to start. But I have to think of the bigger picture. You know, Monk has played well today, very, very well, and Keon has played well. So, um, would I like to fu- would I like to start a fully fit Ruel? Yes, of course I would. But I understand that we played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for a lot of weeks now, and when you run that risk and he's not quite fit, then I'd, I'd rather have him for the next 13 games than risking for one. Well, you do have a week to prepare for that trip to Oxford. Currently sixth in the table. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a must win, and if we give ourselves any chance tonight, it's a must win. But the concerning chance, we we've not given no chances away today. No chances, no threat. They don't have no ball possession in our final third, nothing. But set play, dwelling on the ball, square passes, counter attack. That's the only that's the only threat. So we probably beat ourselves today. Like I say, fair fair, fair play to them because he stayed in the game and, and and patient in the shape. But we've got to be better. We've got to be better. Injuries ahead of Saturday. Anybody that no, possibly could only, be coming back? Only TJ wasn't right to start. Obviously, Max has got a little bit of time today. So um, there'll be there'll be no new bodies back. But hopefully, TJ and and Max can get through um, a week's training. They'll be fully fit. And Joe Piggott. Pig should be back training Tuesday. At the end of the game, there seemed to be a sort of problem between yourself and, and maybe Martin Patterson. Is there anything there? Problem in terms of? In terms of? Uh, no. No. Okay. No. Thank you, Richie. No problem. Thank you. Cheers.
That was uh, Richie Wellens with his thoughts after the uh, the game on Saturday at Burton. Obviously, um, he was quite disappointed by the outcome. Um, a few things to pick out there. A lot of them I, th- I agree with with regards to uh, the fact that we are the authors of our own misfortune. Uh, but once again, Rich- Richie, get- Richie said about the, uh, the squad depth. Christian, um, do you have any views with regards to the fact of what we did in the January window and particularly with regards to the centre-backs and whether perhaps we could have done anything different with letting Ed Turns go, etc.? Well, it's interesting that obviously it came out last night that Brighton wanted him back, which is obviously a bit of a contradiction to what they originally said, that they sent him back for his own good. Um, you know, I said it, I've been pretty vocal on our WhatsApp group. I don't think that they're a good partnership, Cooper and uh, Beckles. I don't think they, they match. They certainly don't match with Cooper playing on the left-hand side. So I think it's a strange one, them, you know, letting turns go back, if you know, perhaps probably out for the season. Um, I know you can put, you know, maybe TJ centre-half. You might have to revert back to a back three, but that's when, you know, we were struggling a little bit. I think we found form going back to a four. So it is a strange one. Obviously, there's a lot of rumours we spoke about on our WhatsApp group today that, you know, they're looking at a centre-half. You're looking at, you know, people that are out of contract, free agents. So I think it's an area that, you know, they need to strengthen. I think Richie was quite uh, vocal in the fact that he weren't happy with their performance on um, on Saturday, uh, I'd go as far as to say as I weren't very happy with their performance on Tuesday, and we got a, we got away with one there, um, mm. and we won. So I think it's definitely something that we need to look at because, rightly or wrongly, again we happened to us last time. We might keep Hap by default if if Hap's out for the season, then we might keep him by default because, as I say, the way he was playing and stringing performances together. He was going to get a move anyway, so we would have been without him. Um, so yeah, I think I think we look a little bit rash. You know, the first goal summed it up really. Um, it's funny I have the same conversations. My son plays centre half. I have the same conversations with my son in the car every every Sunday. It was a it, you got to play what you see as quick as you can sometimes, and that's when Beckles looks. That's when he has his faults right when he's got too much time, and you know he's a bit laborious and. You know, he, he played it into midfield. Obviously, it was a bit of a suicide ball. So, I definitely think that they will look to strengthen if they can find someone in the, who's a free agent. You know, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a free hit to the end of the season. I think. Yeah. The um, the thing about Ed Turns is it's a bit odd because we're getting different sound bites. If Brighton wanted him back, then he's then been released onto a different club. Yeah. So that doesn't seem to, to make sense to me. I think we're all quite frustrated because he was really the ideal backup there. He's never let us down when he's played, really, has he? No. Um, he wasn't getting many minutes. And I think maybe that was one of the reasons maybe he pushed for the move so they could go somewhere else. We don't know. But in the end, the club have to take their, you know, look after themselves and the fact to say, no, we're going to keep him for the rest of the season because you are going to play. Um, there, there's that argument to it. I'm thinking not obviously long, medium to long term is important for the club, but also we still had, well, we still have something to play for, for towards the end of the season. You never know. And to me, there's a little bit of a frustration there, the fact that we've sort of been left so bereft of depth mm. of squad in the defensive area going into these last few games. Darren, you've got something to say on this subject? Well, I don't personally don't think letting it turns go back was the bigger mistake. I think the bigger mistake was um, not having a recall on Thompson. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's not good business. 
if he's going out to Barnet, unless there's a legal reason why they can't have a recall, I say legal reason, FA, FA you know, rule kind of reason, um, that should have been uh, put in there. Because if he goes, Thompson goes in and plays five, six games for Barnet and we lose Hap, then we recall him. Simple as. That came out last night. So for me, Turns wasn't actually physically strong enough for League One. He's a League Two player at the moment. I mean, I've got to be honest. I've, I'm the opposite to that. I mean, the Thompson thing, I completely understand. He's he's out of contract. He's he's not going to get a new contract here, no way. So when they talk about being fair to players, it's people like Adam Thompson and Drinnen I can understand because they're but not going to get contracts with Rich, us. Rich, he Turns, gets a better contract if he comes back and plays in our first team. But, but I mean, there's going to be so many players. And, and out of Thompson's the kind of character. I don't think he, he would. He he wouldn't he wouldn't be looking uh, trying to stay fit and getting he's a, an another deal. He's a player that's barely played for the last three years. He would have really struggled in the summer, I think. Whereas Ed Turns is going to have a contract at Brighton. He's, he's, he's a young player that's easily going to get another loan. But he's not physically strong enough. I, I mean, he had a couple of handful of games at the start of the season. I, personally, I mean, the thing is, you go into January, you've got Happy, Beckles and um, Cooper. You've got injury problems there and you've got disciplinary issues between the three of them. They were never, ever... None of those three players are 40-game-a-season players. So he was but always going to play a game. Very few are now. No, but Ed Turns was always going to get games. So centre-backs, you can get players that have a run of 20 yeah, or 30 games. That is one position in the team where you can. I think his madness to, to not have a centre-back lined up and to go in with three centre-backs and have no one lined up was, was, was the mistake. I mean, you know, Thompson, I mean, looking back in hindsight, yeah, you could have kept Thompson, but... No, not keep him. I think I think it was right to let him go out on loan. We needed yeah, him to I mean, get match fit. We needed him to put out on loan. What wasn't right was having a recall. But I mean, even when he has played under Richie, he's always played right back as well. I don't. Yeah, has he barely not, played centre back? Has he? But I think we touched on it before. I really like Thompson. I think he's a great bloke, but I'm not so sure that he'd be good enough in League One. I just agree. Like, just like you said about turns, like, and I said this last time. If I'm turns and it don't suit Leighton Orient. I would have pushed to go back. Which because, I think is what's happened. Because I, I suspect, if, yeah. if you're sat there, like in, in the back of his head, he's not probably going to play for Brighton's first team. So he needs to, as many games as he can, as higher up. But I, I think as well, um, to Darren's point, I, I do agree. I'm not so sure that in a four in League One, he was the answer. I think you can sometimes hide him in a three, left-hand side of a three maybe, but it's obvious they wanted to play a four. I'm not so sure he would play. You, you've only got to look at the land of the Giants, Burton at the weekend. Like When they come out, it was like they were playing the NBA. For, like It was ridiculous for, how summer big that they were. For me, the difference in physicality from League Two to League One is yeah. big. We've yeah, seen that this season. Yeah. And Ed's got the ability when it comes technically, yeah. but he's not quite there physically. Yeah that's my point and I agree with you about the playing in a free when he played in a free we got away with it because he had two lumps either side of him Yeah, and he, technically think, yeah my, my view on it is is that Richie Wellens um, and his coaching staff weren't confident in playing Adam Thompson at, at League One level and therefore that is the reason why well they never had a fit Adam Thompson this season did they no they didn't but I just that's the vibe so, I get I think I felt that for the last two seasons to be honest that they're just waiting to run out his contract and the chance to get him out on loan they grabbed it I don't whether that's right or wrong but that's just the vibe I'm not saying that's the correct thing but that's we're, what we're now scrambling around looking for a free transfer to come in and, and yeah, I just, be a centre half I, for the club to end the season we, we made an error there with regards to the fact that if we're going to let him go great because we weren't going to play him so what's the point of having him there yeah. uh, but why, why would we not 
then try and secure another player. We mm. we signed two young forwards, maybe gone with one forward uh, coming in in addition, and then signed a, um, a centre back cover somewhere or other. Everyone, um, see, I I agree with that. I don't I don't really get the thought of the two boys up top. One like if you've if you've got loan spaces available to me, surely you'd take one of the kids because the caveat to that is they're they're now playing one of the kids up front on loan and they're playing Ruel in a 10. Now, Ruel has never been a 10 while he's got a, a hole in his backside. It's just not, it's not going to happen, right? So I just don't, it's getting back to that, you know, square pegs and round holes. Like I would prefer to have taken Edwards who started on Saturday, who to me, me and Darren just said he looks physically able, he's game, he makes great runs, he might not be getting the ball all the time, but he looks like there's a real player there. Where, mm. And then maybe taking a gamble somewhere else at the centre half. One of the great things about football is is how form and whatever can turn around so yeah. quickly. The form player for me at the moment for Leighton Orient, you would never ever believe it, is George Moncur. Yeah. Now, how you know how has that come about? For seasons, I've just been thinking he's not going to ever perform to the level we thought. And now, all of a sudden, he's become the, one of the main players. My, my theory on that, though, Grant, is that we're benefiting from the fact that George has played very little football recently. Yeah. And and George is is come back into the side fresh, playing against players who have played twenty five, thirty five games now, more. So mm, I'd possibly. expect I'd expect George to look like he's looking. But he's at been the playing in the ten role, hasn't he? And I think that suits yeah. him more. I think tactically the way we're playing is it suits him a little bit better um, and maybe we, to some extent we're being unfair to him by the fact that he wasn't really involved or contributing much in games but all of a sudden um, and his fitness levels for me watching him because I watched that um, that's one of the things I'm really interested in they do look like they've improved but I think that's the game time he's been getting so the two have gone together he's, he's up in it from 60 minutes to 70 minutes yeah. now and maybe one day he'll get to 90 minutes I'm not sure he, he still looks like he's going to have a heart attack when he's run up and down I the mean, pitch I mean he had a twice. couple of great runs on, on Saturday to he be did. fair he probably, I mean yeah. the thing is he was probably too knackered to do the finish that was the problem but um, yeah I mean I agree he's looking good actually and probably I mean and let's not forget he, he did play a big part last season as well I, I wouldn't say last season he we were carrying him or anything. He, he had a big part in a, the championship winning team, I felt, last year. Um, he, he tailed off a bit towards the end. But, you know, certainly for the first few months of the season, I, I thought he looked really good. He does have another year left on his contract yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, So I'm, we've got to make the best of... But I'll be surprised if he's here next year, if I'm, I'm honest. Yeah, but. see, I'm like, you know, maybe, you know, I've not been Jules Moncur's biggest fan. I do think last three or four games he's been really good. But if I'm Jules Moncur as well... I'm thinking deep down, yes, I've got a year's contract, but like I could be out here. Like if I'm George Moncur, I'm pl- I'm up in my game a bit. Don't forget George Moncur was offered to Carlisle as well. Didn't want to go. Like that's more or less Yeah, that like, could be what it is actually. That's yeah. that's more or less like everyone knows that now, you know, I'm not talking out of turn, but he was he was offered to Carlisle as well, didn't want to go. It's the first time I've heard yeah, Have you ever been to Carlisle? Well, I, 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 I have, I, and I don't I, blame him. I, w- I wouldn't be going to Carlisle, but, you know, I would, you know, he didn't, he didn't say it so much, but when, when Richie talks about moving players on to free up wages, you know, if you've got your top earner sitting there on a bench, mm. you don't need to put two and two together to get that. I agree know. with that, but I also think managers want strength in depth. Yeah. He's alluded to the fact that we haven't, he hasn't got that, he hasn't yeah. got the squad, he's his exact words. And someone like George, if his involvement as a squad player 
um, can bring something like it's doing in the latter part of this season, next season, then I don't think as a manager um, that he's going to be unhappy about that. But I take your point that he will want somebody in to free the wages up. I take that point. I wouldn't, and we spoke about it. I actually thought I wouldn't have taken him off Saturday. I think it all sort of got a bit mismatched when we were making subs, and I wouldn't have. I think he signalled. He signalled to the. He signalled to the bench. He was done. Yeah, yeah. but I, I would have tried to push him a little bit because, as you said, right now. Still, he's playing really well, but ultimately, he's our top wage earner and he plays 60 minutes tops. If he can make an impact in that time, then maybe he's worth having. But as I say, we're in that position now. We can't change that contract now, so we have to make the best of what we have. The the, the other point that was made, and I think a really important one, and it was really evident in the second period of the game on Saturday, when we lost the game, uh, fatigue and yeah. tiredness was 100% playing a part there. We really? played three games in, in 15 days. But I, I saw when Burton had a game called off of a wall or pitch, I thought, I hope that doesn't bite Orient. And yeah. it did. Yeah. Well, we don't lose that game if we're fresh. Let's no. hope Saturday, because Oxford played last night, didn't they? So yeah, it's going to work in our favour, yeah, Rich. Yeah. Fingers crossed it will. Um, talking about conjecture and about players and transfers, etc., um, there was scheduled last night in the supporters club a meet-the-manager night. Um, unfortunately, uh, very late on, um, just before the uh, the, me- the uh, event was due to um, occur, we got notice that um, Richie wasn't um, around and um, he was going to be substituted for his assistant, Mr Terry. Um, we understand that Richie went to Oxford to watch Oxford. Perhaps with hindsight, it would have been better to have the evening scheduled not on a Tuesday because that sort of thing could occur. But there we go. So uh, Paul Terry very kindly gave up his time and... Um, Yours truly, along with Rich Priest and uh, Darren, uh, went along, and it was still relatively informative. Um, I'll give you a quick rundown of some of the sort of the main things that came out of the um, the questions and answers. Um, (laughs) Again, we've just alluded to that earlier in this evening. Is that Adam Thompson does not have a recall clause on his loan to Barnet? Um, We are looking at out of contract players, as we are short, particularly in the defensive area. Dan Adji is not close to a return, although some people seem to be thinking that might be the case. He isn't, apparently. Um, Paul, Paul Terry was adamant that George Moncari is pretty fit. Um, he was playing perhaps earlier in a system that didn't suit him, and now it does, and that's why he's, he's doing better. Um, he was asked about our youth players and why our um, youth team... Um, there aren't players coming through into the first team currently. And Paul just said they're not ready yet. Um, and having seen the youth team this season, having refereed them in one game, actually, um, that I would agree with that. They're not as a strong a, a, um, a group as we've had before. Um, he was asked about Joe Piggott. He said that he won't be going out on loan. He has he still has a part to play for the club. Um, he said that contract offers had been made for Dan Happy, Rule Saturiu and um, Nicky Hunt, um, and, but they haven't been um, finalised as yet. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I'm thinking Rob Hunt. I beg your pardon. Um, we are live, so apologies for that. Um, I, I asked him about whether um, Cooper and Beckles should play the other way round because it suited and, and Paul was adamant that actually Beckles is better on the right because Dan Happy plays on the left when they're together and um, Cooper is also happy on the left-hand side. So uh, that was that. As far as the set pieces go, obviously with the loss of what we call the in inverted commas the set piece coach Simon Royce has stepped into the breach and is currently in the role and we are doing better in that way um, with regards to the injuries 
Um, there's a lot of speculation about that. Different pitch conditions, pl- training on Astro when the weather's been bad. We've just been unfortunate. Um, Darren Prattley, apparently there is, there is prospect that he may stay on for another year. Uh, one more year for Darren, possibly. Um, we'll, but we'll have to wait and see about that. He's apparently a huge presence in the dressing room and very popular around the club. Um, Theo's contract renewal um, he has been offered a new contract uh, apparently there's dependencies with regards to appearances and goals uh, but that more will come to that later um, the players and managers have to pay their own fines this was confirmed so um, those that pick up cards etc they have to pay their own which is quite refreshing to hear um, he was asked about why Jaden Streeney wasn't playing very much, and he said he's still developing. He's still very much in their plans. There are other places, players that can play in his position, such as um, Tom James, um, and it's horses for courses, depending on the team they're playing and the system they want to play. Um, he said that um, it was out of his ha- that it was out of their hands with regards to Ed Turns being re- going back to Brighton. Um, we've discussed that already this evening he said that Ethan Galbraith's future probably lies in midfield playing as an either 8 or a 10 uh, but he can play anywhere he's a real long term player for the club um, I asked him about footwear and the fact that players were slipping over and maybe Sol slipped for the second goal on Saturday and he said it was the players own choice was what footwear they had um, which I was a bit surprised at because I thought maybe a bit more um, uh, concentration on that might have been made it might make all the difference but there we are. He also confirmed, I think everyone knows, that there was a lot of um, speculation about Idris El Mazzouni, um in January, um, and but he chose to stay with the club. He loves Leighton Orient, but I think we know that anyway. And uh, f- the final thing uh, of any note, really, was that um, the watering of the pitch occurs because the coaching staff asked for that because they like to play on a slick pitch with the ball moving quickly. So, Rich... Any thoughts on the meet the assistant manager night? <laughs> yeah, I mean it was you know it was it was interesting to hear a different view. I mean I think it, it changes the evening when you've got a man, assistant manager rather than a manager, obviously, because I, I got the impression that for, with Paul it's more things that are on the pitch rather than anything else. So, for instance, the news about the, the three players' contracts we already knew. I don't think Paul realised that, but we already knew because Richard mentioned in an interview that they'd been offered. So it was actually to see if there was any further updates because about a month ago we were told they'd been offered a contract. Um, but he just, you know, I've got no idea. So I think literally for him it's it's all about everything that goes on on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, some interesting points there. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, we touched earlier about Ed Turns, but he mentioned again about the fact that, you know, if we need to use a centre-half, it, Tom James will slip in. But he also said possibilities of Prattley or Jordan Brown doing it as well, which, you know... I don't really like hearing that because Jordan Brown is so effective in that midfield that you then weaken that position. Um, I think he was one of the big misses on Saturday. He's driving energy up and down the pitch was, I think, one of the factors into why we ended up conceding even the first goal because Darren Prattley isn't as mobile and and doesn't offer as much as as what Jordan Brown does. But that's not necessarily a criticism, but that's the way I saw it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I thought the part about Jaden Sweeney was interesting as well. I mean, because I... You know, I felt he was kind of harshly dropped after the Reading game because he played well before that. And, you know, that Reading was a tough game. He was up against a good winger. Um, but to take him out of the squad completely, because, you know, especially now that we've lost Theo, so there's, there's not really that many left-footers. Dan Hap's out, so there's no left-footers really in the squad. Um, so he's only just got back in. But I, I feel he gives us a bit more balance over there. And, and you know, Rob Hunt is, for me, seems to be going through... I mean, Tom James, I think, has looked good. But Rob Hunt has these 
spells like Sweeney where he looks a bit out of his depth sometimes, I think. And, and I felt that on Saturday. He didn't look comfortable at all playing there. Um, so potentially for me, that's a change. I, you know, I think Tom James will probably be the one that slots in there rather than Jaden Sweeney. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him in the squad more. And the other thing for me, I, you know, was the, the, the bit around Pigger. I thought he was kind of a bit um, evasive around there. He didn't really, you know, he said, there's, he's not, I mean, he's not going to go out on loan there anyway. But, you know, when he said, you know, because it's not, you know, some of the things that we've heard, it's not quite true about him. We weren't trying to put him out on loan when we thought we had other players lined up. Maybe it is, I don't know. But, you know, I get the feeling he's not going to be playing too much this season, Joe Piggott. But, you know, who knows? As he said, he's he's played the game tonight, uh, this afternoon. I think we had a friendly, didn't we? He was online and he scored. So perhaps we'll see him back in the squad, maybe. Yes. So we've had a late addition to our panel this evening. Welcome to Mr. Barry Galvin. Welcome. I was stuck in Croydon, which is something no one's ever wanted to say before. Oh, was it, were you negotiating a new record contract? Yeah, something like that. Right, if that's what you want to say, that's what I'll go with. Thank <laughs> Any views on the game on Saturday? Quick views on the game on Saturday? Yeah, Barry? I mean, I, I probably like, I don't know what you've been said before, but I, I couldn't believe that um, we've gone from, from one sort of performance to the next. Um, maybe with too many games. Uh, maybe a change in a few personnel there, but... Um, you know, 83% possession, I think it was first half, and we could do it, got the goal, and I could only see it going one way in the second half, and I was shocked, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Individual error for Omar with the first goal. Both goals seemed to sort of trickle in, didn't they? Seemed to just, I just couldn't believe they'd gone across the line, both of them, and they just. And after that, we didn't seem to offer as much as I thought we would um, to, to get that equaliser. Um, disappointing, but I mean, overall, you know, looking at the bigger picture, you've got to take where we are, it's it's great what where we are, I and mean, you are going to have one every now and then, especially at lower league level, which we still are third tier. That you know the consistency is not always. That even Man City can drop points, as we saw on Saturday. So, you know, I'm not comparing us to Man City, by the way. I'm just thinking of a consistency model. You are going to have one every now and then. I was just surprised it was against Burton. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, well, we as Rich said, well, there was a game today uh, where an Orient eleven played a Southampton eleven, and the Orient eleven included Sam Howes, Jaden Sweeney. Um, Charlie Pegram and Sam Piggott and they drew 1-1 it's probably a very good run out for the players that have not been playing so much and needed some game time um, yeah it's always good to get legs in the, it, it, sorry minutes in the legs of people that have been playing regularly we've got Zeka Biro back as well by the way I don't know if I mentioned he that. played as well today yeah, yes. and uh, he's, he's a really good player he plays in the 8 and eight and 10 role you know he was uh, I, we had him on the second floor on the third floor on um, Saturday and he's keen to, to get back into the... My only common ground about those type of practice games is that the clues in, in the title was a practice game. And you don't ever really know, do you, what level of opposition we're up against. You know, with, are they are Southampton presented an academy? You know, have they got four or five first-team players? We don't know. I certainly don't know. And, and, and that's the other thing. I always take those with a pinch of salt. That they are good for fitness and that's it. Yeah, the under-23s league always resurrects its head from time to time and apparently there's cost issues with it, etc. Um, as to whether maybe we'll have one next year, a team in an under-23 league, uh, I don't know. I think it would be good for the development of the younger players if we're moving towards a younger squad as we seem to be. But um, that's to wait and see. So um, there's our, uh, that's the update with regards to the Meet the Assistant Manager night. And this, was, Rich's got one more I thing was only to, to say. say. I think one interesting thing that came out of it was the first question asked was who the striker was um, that we were trying to sign in January because uh, for me you know something that I was always curious about I mean 
I'll be honest, Paul Terry didn't tell us. So we, we're still not 100% because he refused to say who it was. But I think a lot of people were swaying towards the fact that from little clues he gave, that it looked like it was going to be Charlie Kelman. I mean, for me personally, I thought it was actually Harry McCurdy because, you know, Richie's interview when he was steaming and, you know, mm. as a senior striker wanted in. Well, in my opinion, that wouldn't have been a senior striker. But, you know, I just felt it was quite interesting for the first question. I mean, I say he didn't say it was Charlie Kelman, so we don't know for definite. But, you know, if it was, I, I, I wonder how that would have gone down with the fan base if that was the case. I was with you, but now I think it was Kelman, and I'll show you for why. Because didn't McCready go to Swindon on a, on a, on a um, perm? No, it was a loan. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I, I would have been surprised if it was someone with, with more experience. I'd have thought that Charlie Kelman would have fitted the, the, what we have with the squad already, with Dan Edgy, <laughs> with Theo, all being well, he does return. But Kel- uh, Kelman's Jordan probably Dan played 100 games now, or, or certainly 60 to 70 games, and he's about 23, so I would consider him experienced, personally. Relatively experienced, yeah. um, rather than... I get your point, but I yeah. think he's got more experience than perhaps we're giving him credit for. Yeah, it, I think would have been a very good addition to the squad, but it hasn't happened. He's gone to Wigan for his sins so we wish him the best of luck there so um, let's hear from um, Dulcet Dave Victor and what he has to say about last week's events at Leighton Orient FC like most football cliches it's true it is the hope that hurts and after the late drama and excitement of that magnificent victory over Northampton hope was running high that the O's could continue their late push for the playoffs by securing a fourth straight home win for the first time since December 22. But the depth of the squad is being tested. I made it seven players out of contention for the first ever visit of Burton Albion to Brisbane Road. Of those players... For me, Dan Happy was missed the most against the Brewers. The former Orient apprentice is not only calm, confident and a commanding presence in the heart of the O's rear guard, he has the ability to switch defence into attack with those trademark diagonal passes that pinpoint players making the overlapping runs, especially down the right. Conceding five in two home matches against teams who didn't really create many opportunities demonstrates where the difficulties are. And as Richie Wellens admitted post-match, his options in the heart of the O's defence are limited to say the least. Jordan Graham was on studio duty for Orient Live and the former Birmingham man, of course, another of those notable absentees, having sustained a serious knee injury when the O's travelled to Burton back in October. Despite Saturday's setback, hope remains that the O's can close the gap, especially that this weekend we travel to Kazan Stadium to face an Oxford United team who are currently nine points ahead of the O's after Northampton snatched an injury time equaliser on Tuesday night. The O's, though, have only won three of their last 11 league matches at home. But that midweek point was enough to take this Buckingham side above Peterborough, who've lost four of their last six and now occupy the final playoff position. They are eight points ahead of the O's and have a game in hand. No doubt the faithful will again travel in numbers and most will remember that sensational match back in May 2006. Martin Ling's men securing a famous victory, Lee Stills' goal, guaranteeing promotion and also condemning United to non-league. Finally, despite last night's setback at Arsenal, congratulations to late Norwich youngsters, scoring 15 in two games, five against Gillingham and an incredible 10 without reply against the MK Dons. Thank you very much to Dave Victor. So, Christian, um, tell us a little bit about um, a new project that you're um, try- involved with, with um, which is linked to the club, please. Well, I'm, try- I'm trying to get them linked, so I'm, w- I'm waiting for uh, a conversation with Martin Ling again about. So I've set a 
set a soccer score up in uh, Spain, southern Spain, uh, and hopefully over time we'll get some Leighton Orient coaches out um, to do some schools and um, yeah, some holiday programs. So yeah, some I got to have had some ongoing conversations um, due to speak to Mike Steele again uh, this week about you know bring up the the Nordic loan system out for some of our players again, see if we can get some of the first, second year pros from summer football. So yeah, plenty of plenty of stuff going on. But as I say, I've been looking to get back into football over a more consistent basis. So just an opportunity come up in Spain, something I've researched for for a while. Um I spend a lot of free time in southern Spain. So yeah, it's something that we're gonna launch uh in Estepona to start with in a couple of schools and a couple of programmes. So yeah, hopefully get the club involved. Great. If you need a referee out there in the nice yeah. weather, then do let me know. Um, well, so you want with the links the club have with the, uh, over in, over the water in America, yeah. were you not tempted to go with that? Or was it more that it suits your personal circumstances to try and keep it a little bit closer to home in Spain? So I've just, I've tried. So I've been trying for a while. Uh, as you know, I'll send some players to the Nordics in... I've done that for a few years. So for that part, I'm more trying to get the boys. We're not getting anything. I know Nigel Travis touched on it the other day, but we've kind of got an association with Hartford in America. Obviously, Hartford's a long way. You know, from a financial point of view, it's a longer season. Um, So from the football perspective, trying to get the boys to, to the Nordics where they only play five or six months in the summer when they might not be doing anything to me make sense um but yeah the, the soccer school stuff is just in you know we spend a lot of spare time my me and my family in spain so it's just something that i've i've noticed that they don't have really anything in that part of the world specific to young kids especially with a lot of expats there um so yeah we, we, we'll see how it goes i used to have a soccer school back in the day um so yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes but i want to try and get the club involved and you know get to a point where we can set teams up and bring teams out and bring coaches out and you know have some kind of collaboration um, because at the moment as I say we're only really doing that in the US and you know the US is a, a long way away so yeah is it which any particular age group no it's going to be uh, we're going to be running through like toddler sessions so um, I've got a friend here that owns the, the Baby Ballers franchise. So we're taking a Baby Ballers franchise to, to Spain and then working up from, yeah, just three or four-year-olds all the way up to, you know, senior school age. Fantastic. Well, best of luck with that Hopefully project. Hopefully we'll find, a, find some new players to bring over for, for Orient. You never know. So, guys, one thing that did come out is that uh, Paul Terry hinted that perhaps Theo Archibald may be offered a new contract depending on what's going to happen with regards to his operation, etc. The detail with regards to the extent of his injury and the period out is being kept a little bit back, which is understandable because the club don't want to try and uh, preempt things. Um, I'm just wondering whether that's viable. It's such a shame because he really was playing really well at the time of the injury. Does anyone have any views with regards to what we can do? And if he's, if perhaps if he's not even going to be ready to train until maybe the autumn, how do we play that with the fact that his contract expires in the summer? I think what you said about the club not giving away too much to the extent of his injury is because maybe if we, if we know, um, it will preclude people coming in for him maybe in the summer. And a lot of us were worried about that, obviously. Um, so it might actually be to our advantage if we think he, he will be back to his to his uh, his best, or around them. Then obviously, 
you'd think no one's going to sign a player uh, were injured, so it might give us a little advantage when it comes to re-signing him. I mean, he said himself on Saturday, he's looking. he thinks nine months minimum. He, he said himself he thinks it's probably going to be a year. Yes, right, yeah. So it was actually me that asked the question to Paul He Terry. won't play again this year, I don't think. Yeah. No, this, it, calendar it was me that, this calendar year. Yeah, it was me that asked the question to Paul Terry last night, because I said, like, you know, how, how do we stand, really? Because, you know, I love Theo... But, you know, do you, do you look at this as in we're a business? He's out of contract in the summer. We can't afford to have a player that's... Because this, from what we hear of this injury, it sounds so unusual that, you know, in my head, I was thinking, does he even play again? But Paul did say, look, I don't think there's any worry that he'll ever play again. He will play. I think the club would, would, but, wouldn't offer him a contract if there was any doubt that he wouldn't be able to play. Yeah, again, so, my, but my, then... My opinion. Yeah, so, but he... I, you know, would the club do the right thing by him and, and offer him so he can do his rehabilitation here? Or did they... You know, I was chatting to Terry, actually, after the game on Saturday, and he said maybe... They'd give him something till say Christmas time or something. But if he thinks he's going to be out even longer than that, you know, would they give him a year and then he's he almost maybe, the maybe there's an appearance type contract they can offer. Yeah, I, I don't want to sound cynical, but um, you know, the club aren't going to turn around and go, "Well, he's injured. He's no good to us, Tada." So there, there's a bit of PR going on there. To be honest with you, I, I think you, you're right, Grant. I think there's going to be a little bit of looking at a contract based on a certain level of fitness after a certain amount of time and then a certain amount of appearances once you're fit again. And, and that would be right for the player and for the club. And that's what I think will happen, personally. I wouldn't be surprised as well if it's really serious that they're looking at the... The delay might be that they're um, looking at the club's insurance policy. Because for, for real bad injuries, there'll be some kind of recompense that they can get... That's a very good for, point. ...for an injury. Yeah. So if it is a real bad and it's borderline weather he might not ever play again because who was it that said he didn't have a he, he didn't have a cruise Richie yet Richie said it, yeah. yeah. Richie did say in an interview that he didn't have a cruise yet and it was a, a miracle that he played anyway. So if he then got a, they're saying that he's got to have now a cruise ship put back into his knee. He's got everyone built. That's it. There's no, there's no real guarantee that he would play. So there might be something where, I don't know, they get an insurance premium on, on, on that. So there's, there's probably a lot going on right now that they're looking yeah, at. I, I would I would be disappointed though if they didn't offer him saying I think he's give I think he's give his all all the time. I know it it is a business but I think yeah. he's probably been our best player over a long period yeah, of time. Yeah th- that's what I said to Paul Terry, you know, I'd like to think we do the right thing and he, and he pretty much said he think they, he thinks they would anyway. So yeah. but obviously there's, there's no guarantees there's, that we just got to hope that his recovery is good for him yeah. personally as well as for the club. I remember with Dean Brill there was a, there was a, a someone told me there was a contract with regards to the fact there was an insurance payout and therefore he wasn't eligible to step back from non-league into league football again because yeah. that insurance had already been paid. Um, so sometimes these things do are a bit more complex than people think. 100%. Once you once you get paid out you can't come back into full-time football unless you pay it back. So the boy at Sutton come through Arsenal, can't remember his name, always plays well against us, the centre midfielder. Eastman. Eastman. He got paid up uh, and then he had to pay it back. When he, It's the reason why people like Mike Marsh, remember him at Liverpool? Yeah, I was going to say, he was the famous one, wasn't he? He paid 500 mm. grand for him, got injured, got his pay up. And it, got himself back to being fitness and then all he did he just played in a conference he probably, I think he won the conference three or four times with different teams but he wouldn't then make that step up because he didn't want to pay back the money so again it might be it might be saying like it's that. one to keep an eye on isn't it yeah. we wish Theo all the best with his recovery um, so we're Oxford's away coming up on Saturday. Let's hear from Matt Roper because he touches on what's going to uh, some previous games with Oxford and what's happening generally with the club himself. So let's hear from Matt now. 
a couple of years back when I was a younger man, all right, a good few years now, if the O's lost on a Saturday, particularly after taking the lead, then it would really upset my whole weekend. Defeats like the one to Burton are now seen as more of a minor inconvenience, especially when you factor in the current situation we find ourselves in, which for me is an upwardly mobile trajectory, and that defeats such as this are all part and parcel of us achieving the next three-year plan the board set at the start of the season. Don't get me wrong, defeats still hurt. Every time the ball hits the back of our net, I could still kick the chair in row D, seat 102, although I don't think the guy who sits in front of me would be too impressed. But we simply have to take the rough with the smooth, and let's face some cold hard facts here. It's been like that since 1881. We aren't Man City or Bayern Munich, and the only time we get someone in upstairs with the money to propel us towards the top table, he was a mad Italian who was money laundering and clearly not paying staff enough that they had to go on the nick at Harrods. This, of course, all comes with a large dose of the word allegedly before Phoenix FM bosses panic and get the lawyers on the phone. So to repeat, he allegedly was money laundering and not paying staff enough that he allegedly went on for a bit of shoplifting in one of the UK's best well-known retail establishments. As a supporter, I want to win every game. We all do. But there are only one or two now that actually think that possible and that if we lose, they're straight on social media blaming the players, the director of football and even the board for not having us top of the league. I suppose we all like a moan sometimes. Conversely, though, that is what supporting Leighton Orient is all about. And it makes victories like the one against Northampton and even more so, bearing in mind the 13-year anniversary this week, the draw against Arsenal in the Cup even more enjoyable. Where is the fun in being a Rangers or a Celtic fan or a Man City fan and turning up most weeks and winning, knowing full well that you're going to be top two and that it's all just about beating your rivals over four games to seal yourself your 62nd league championship? That ain't fun. However, here comes the ranty bit with both a coach's and a supporter's hat on. The manner of the defeat on Saturday was a shocker of truly O's proportions. Burton had come for a nil-nil, if they could get one, and I haven't seen anything more negative since I matched up one particular end of a double-A battery in my TV remote. Taking ages over throw-ins in your own half, whilst nil-nil with 19 minutes on the clock is quite pitiful, as was their celebrations at the end of the game, them thinking they just won at the Bernabeu, not Brisbane Road. And what makes it more galling is that we gift-wrapped both goals to them in a lovely presentation box with gold ribbon and handed it over whilst grovelling on our knees. Only the Orient could do that. Yes, all part of the learning curve, but this side should have been dispatched. And I wasn't the only one thinking that, as our own Mr Wellens pulled no punches in his post-match interview when talking about the second half particularly. This is where the management team and board have to be have a harsher side to them. Football is now big business, and no longer do we see club legends rack up 10 years at a time. And there'll always be players that unfortunately, although have to be given a chance, will not be part of the ongoing plan in the next season and a quest for another promotion. Yes, I am of course referring to Omar on Saturday. Beck started poorly this season, like several others I may hasten to add, but then roared back into the team with a string of fine performances. So what are his recent lapses down to? Is he missing Dan Happ? 
Is it because there's no competition? Now, I'm signalling out Bex, and there were several again on Saturday afternoon in the second half that could come in for criticism. Well, only perhaps Bex and our management team know what put him into a, such a situation on Saturday. And I know this will sound harsh, but it's likely that Omar will not be our first choice centre-back next season, despite having a year left, and that Wellens and co. will need to upgrade. Just like we saw when we were promoted from the conference, we likely kept hold of too many players that unfortunately were just not up to league football. Their contribution to the club's resurrection is no less important, and they gave us not only the starting point in a road to redemption, but some magical moments along the way under Justin. But just like players will move on because they are on an upward trend and we simply can't keep hold of them, it works both ways, and that this is all part of the plan the board and management team have set down, and who are, of course, so far ticking all the right boxes. On to talk of the playoffs. I think we should ban it, quite frankly. We were bowling along beautifully pre-Barnsley. Then all the Jonas started talking about top six and look what happened. Kicked in the teeth in South Yorkshire. Struggled to get past Northampton. Although the amazing fun and games will still live long in the memory. And then a defeat at home to boring Burton. I guarantee you that if we start talking about needing another five points to stave off impending relegation, we'll start winning again. That's the Orient way. So, Oxford this week, and at a ground that holds many memories for thousands of us. Come on, who hasn't been on YouTube this week already? And whilst seeing Tahui put the ball in the Arsenal there, you've watched Lee Steele, who was surely offside, stick the ball away and have Andy Gilson, Matt Porter and others start screaming like hysterical banshees in the commentary box. You know you have. There will, of course, be nothing like the excitement we saw in 2006 this Saturday, but let's hope we can get a positive result and banish, maybe effectively, the second half from last Saturday. On a personal level, this game holds even more sway for me and family members as it was my dad's, God rest his soul, last ever game he saw. In a wheelchair and in what proved to be in his final weeks, he saw that vital win and promotion and I'll never forget his words to me as I hugged him when in a pretty frail, frail voice he whispered in my left ear, we've done it. And that, O's fans, not winning championship after championship is what the Orient is all about. Up the mighty O's. Thank you very much to, to Matt Roper. Uh, Matt touched on the famous Oxford United game back in 2006. So, gentlemen, who was around at that time and, uh, and memories you've got of that game? Darren? Oh, gosh, yeah, that's probably got to be up there with the favourite um, 89 and 2006, and then you've had the National League then in the last season. So there's four games there. That's one. That's, definitely that's my favourite game, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was at Oxford, I, yeah. Phenomenal. I was living in Australia. I listened to it on the radio. That's my memory. Barry, that. was you at that game? I was hoping you were going to ask me that. It's the only one. It's the only major moment of all it I missed. Only one. I've got my reasons. I won't go into them. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us after. <laughs> well, I think we'd be quite happy if we can repeat the scoreline. Was you there, Grant? I was there. Um, it was one of the most stressful days and then the mo one of the most enjoyable days yeah. of watching Orion. It really was a roller coaster ride. 
of great proportions. Yeah. Nothing like last year, because last year, I think from 10 games in, we knew that we were going to be promoted and then eventually win the championship. I do have an overriding memory, and that was the Oxford fan in the black leather coat, full leather coat, running on the pitch. Yeah. That, for some reason, stands out more than... Uh, yeah, enough said about that. <laughs> well, I remember the police horses uh, coming onto the pitch after because um, there was a, a peaceful pitch invasion, but they were worried about trouble, etc. But... As I say, um, Oxford, I don't think, are still not forgiving us about that. I think they're very salty about us. But they, we, they we are, kept yeah, pointing yeah. out that there was 46 games in a season and that was just one game. Although we did beat them at home 1-0. I was at that game as well, I remember. So um, let's hope that we can beat them 1-0 on Saturday. I think we'll take that. Predictions, guys, for Saturday, the way things are going. Who knows with Orient, but go on, have a go. Well, you just said it. I was going to say one. I just had a draw. I have a draw, so one all. Yeah, I was going to. Yeah. You just, I said one all, yeah. One all. I'm going to go with the boys, but they've only won one in seven, and they've had a lot of draws in that space, So, um, and they've not been scoring. They've been scoring some goals, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm a one all. I think we're going to get smashed 3 0. <laughs> I'd love it if I was wrong, but that's just my. I've got that vibe that I think that we've hit that little bit of a, a stage in the season where we run out of steam, and I think Oxford might do a bolt on us at the beginning of the game, but we'll wait and see. I mean, I, the fact that they've played yesterday, um, I think may work in our favour. So I'm going to stick with one all as well, which I, I was going to say before I knew what everyone else was doing. But um, I, I, I don't think I don't think we'll lose. I, I think we'll get a draw, possibly even sneak it. I'll go one nil for us then. I'll go one nil for us to be different. Four four points out of the two games Saturday and Tuesday at home to Blackpool, aren't we? On Tuesday, yeah. not, Tuesday. I think we'll still keep us in the playoff hunt. I'm not saying that we should be or whether we should make it, but it'd be nice to maintain the interest of as long as we can in, into the well, back those end of the are season. Well, those two teams that are around us, aren't they? Oxford and Blackpool. So let's let's you know let's be crazy. If we won them both, it'll put us right back in the mix. Obviously, yeah. if we lose them both, it drifts us down the mid table. Is Brown still suspended? Yes. Brown is out on Saturday, yes. returning on Tuesday uh, against Blackpool. Um, so thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, wish you the rest of the week very well, and good luck to the O's on Saturday. Cheerio. We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around. And you know where we can be found when Saturday comes again. We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orion from each end Lay an Orion from each end This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We were formed in 1881 The clans in Orient and so begun The old story and on it runs We'll lay an Orient from each end Whatever challenge has come our way The Orient faithful are here to stay we will live to fight another day We'll lay an Orient from each end Lay an Orient from each end This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud 
we're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around So you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the vest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orient funny test on the hour across Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. <laughs> 